Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. This is episode seven, and this is about Gloria Williams. Okay, before I get started with this one, I was set to start talking about the Chad Daybell trial, which was scheduled to start today, Monday, November 8th. However, it has been postponed because the judge granted a change of venue. The trial will more than likely be held in Boise, Idaho. And I actually agree with this judge with changing the venue. His attorney and Chad himself stated that they felt there was an oversaturation of media coverage. And there was. There was, you know, TV documentaries done about the case, uh, cameras following the two of them in Hawaii. And, you know, it was just a lot of coverage. So the judge granted that request. So as soon as that happens with opening statements, I'll get you guys updated accordingly. My prediction is they're probably going to wait till after the holidays because we are rolling into Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you never know. So that's that. All right. So let's talk about Gloria Williams. This case came out of left field on a Sunday, October 24th, 2021, approximately three in the afternoon. A call came in from a 15-year-old boy from Houston, Texas, to report that his brother, who was eight years old, was dead in a bedroom. And he, his 10-year-old and seven-year-old siblings that were still alive, were abandoned by their mother and her boyfriend. They were left in the apartment for many months alone with their brother's body decomposing. Can you imagine the dispatcher that took that call, what he or she was thinking when they're listening to all of this? It sounded like something out of a a very egregious television program, but it wasn't. The police, of course, got there, and upon arrival, they saw the three boys who appeared malnourished, and two of them had injuries on their bodies that were quite visible. And when they entered the bedroom, they did find a skeleton lying underneath of a blanket. They were immediately removed from the home. They were sent to be evaluated um, by hospital personnel. Child Protective Services, of course, was involved. And, you know, it's a crime scene. So the forensic teams were called in. Every resource was on deck for this horrific nightmare that they walked into. Gloria was not on site when the police arrived, nor was her boyfriend. I don't know where they were, but they were picked up late that day and they were questioned and released. But they were both arrested a few days later outside of a library where apparently they were actually looking up articles about the case in relation to them. Um, A lot of people were upset as to why the police department 
initially release them, but according to the sheriff's department that did the press conference, it was an ongoing investigation, so they couldn't hold them just yet. So they let them go, and as we know, they were um, arrested, and they have been charged with a lot of crimes. I'm going to play, I think it'll be easier if I play this because you can hear it for yourself and I have to warn you, it is very graphic to listen to, but this was um, at Gloria Williams when she got in front of a judge and he's going down the list of charges and um, the state is asking for a bond and she goes into detail as to what was corresponded to detectives and child protective services by all three um, living children. So I will play that. And again, it is graphic and it's about six minutes long. Gloria Yvette Williams. Good morning, Ms. Williams. Ma'am, you're charged with the third degree felony of injury to a child by omission, the first degree felony of injury to a child causing serious bodily injury, the second degree felony of tampering with evidence uh, when that evidence is a human corpse. I have looked at the alleged probable cause facts for these three charges, including the supplemental statement of facts, which I believe was supplied to the public defender's office. I do find that there is sufficient problem cause for all three of these cases to go forward. All three cases will go to the 230th District Court. That's going to be Judge Chris Morton. Will you need a court-appointed lawyer from Judge Morton? Would you like the help today of Attorney Chris Henderson from the Public Defender's Office? Ms. Keith, on the question of bond for each of these three charges, what is the state's request? In the first degree felony, I am requesting a $500,000 bond. And in the injury to a child by omission and tampering with evidence cases, I'm requesting $250,000 bonds. And I am personal bonds, um, not necessarily because the injury cases are prohibited by this court uh, for personal bonds to be granted, but mostly based on the horrific facts and circumstances of this case, which resulted in the death of a seven-year-old child. <clears throat> As is reflected in the statement of probable cause, officers were called out to a residence in Harris County on Greencrest Drive on October the 24th of this year regarding the death of the minor complainant who is the child of this defendant. Uh, there were three juvenile witnesses who are also uh, complainants in these cases. <clears throat> there was a 15, 10, and 7-year-old child who are witnesses um, to the incident. Uh, officers arrived, spoke with the 15-year-old child who stated that he found his younger brother, the deceased minor complainant, 
in a bedroom of the residence sometime around Thanksgiving of last year, 2020. He believed this defendant would call the police, told officers that she never did so, and that she then had moved out of the apartment, leaving them in the residence with his deceased younger brother without adult supervision. He stated that they had found his younger brother approximately one week before Thanksgiving. He also told officers that the co-defendant, who is the boyfriend of this defendant, would lock them in a bedroom and he would hear them hitting his brothers while he was in the room with them. He stated he told this defendant about the conduct, but she ignored him, said she would talk with the co-defendant. And the 15-year-old stated, quote, that never worked. Uh, officers also spoke with the 10-year-old complaining witness, who is the complainant in the uh, first-degree felony serious bodily injury case, uh, who stated that he was actually in the room when the co-defendant assaulted uh, his deceased younger brother, striking him in the face, feet, buttocks, back, his legs, and testicles with closed feet, fists, and feet. He stated that the co-defendant then laid his brother on the floor and put a cover over him, that the defendant then came in the room to check on his younger brother, saw the body under the cover, she began crying, then made uh, him leave the room. The... Uh, 10-year-old stated that the defendant and the co-defendant then began fighting because the co-defendant had killed his younger brother. He stated that the defendant then came back another day, checked on his younger brother, and found that his body, feet, and teeth had turned into a skeleton. He stated that the co-defendant would beat him as well, hitting him on his buttocks, legs, stomach, and face, and punched him in the jaw, causing his face to be swollen. He stated when the co-defendant would drink beer and alcohol, he would get very strong. The 10-year-old uh, also stated that the uh, his younger brother was on the floor under the cover, that his body was a skeleton, and that his hair was off. Law enforcement officers on scene observed that 10-year-old child to have extensive swelling to his face and jaw when they made contact with him on October 24th. He was transported to Texas Children's Hospital where it was discovered that he had blunt force trauma to the face, which would require surgery because medical treatment was not sought or obtained when he was injured. During a forensic interview the following day, he disclosed that the injury had occurred when the co-defendant struck him in the face approximately three weeks prior and that this defendant was aware of the injury, but did not seek or obtain medical aid for him. Okay, so a lot to take in. Brian Coulter is the boyfriend in this saga, and he is the one that she's referring to as the co-defendant. He is the one that beat their brother to death. And what he describes Brian Coulter as he just lost it. Now, the child that he beat to death 
was an autistic, he was on the autistic, the autism spectrum, and he was nonverbal. So I'm not quite sure what the circumstances were as to why he got that enraged, regardless of if he had autism or not and nonverbal, how did you get that enraged that you beat him to death with your your hands? And then uh, as you heard her say, one of the other children that were there was also beat by him and struck in the face and punched and he suffered a broken jaw that they are going to be doing surgery on now he might have already gotten a surgery because we're talking almost um two weeks now so yeah just a lot a lot a lot a lot this case is eerily similar to the one i did i think it's episode three on this season, Michelle Blair, who killed two out of four of her kids and hid their bodies, but she put them in a deep freezer. Um, and nobody really knew that they were missing for almost two years. And this is pretty much what happened here. The um, little boy was killed. His name is Kendrick Lee. Kendrick Lee was killed in November of 2020, and there was no missing person report filed by, obviously the mother didn't do it, um, but the, the school system, extended family, nobody reported anything missing, and the three other boys were not going to school, and they're all of school age, and nobody thought that not hearing from them was normal. There was interviews done with the neighbors of the complex who claimed that they would see the kids and they would feed them and help them charge their cell phones. And they reported that they would see Gloria pull up and drop off snacks, but quickly leave. Now this happened in again, November of 2020 and these two Gloria and her boyfriend, Brian Coulter, left the apartment and started a new lease on another apartment elsewhere, leaving those kids in there with that dead body that was taking on a natural decomposition, which would cause extreme odor. And the further into that court hearing, uh, one of the little boys um, said that when they pulled the covers back, not long after he died, there was roaches all over the body. So this is just, this is just unbelievable. Um, and so, you know, I, I just don't, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. It's just the, the, the details are, are just out of this world now. So they, left the apartment, rented uh, another apartment that was fully furnished in another part of Texas. And as I said, she would frequently, not frequently, she would come over and drop them off snacks and the neighbors would also help feed them. And the neighbors didn't find this odd. Why are we feeding three kids 
and nobody questioned where the the fourth one was oh my god it's just everybody always says oh well you know we didn't know what was going on we thought it was weird but you know but everybody here seemed to have turned a blind eye especially those in that complex that knew something wasn't quite right but nobody made an anonymous even an anonymous call you know just hey you know there's something going on in apartment you know 309 you know there's these kids they're always asking for food they look very thin malnourished and we don't really see the mom nobody in that complex thought to pick up the phone to have this investigated it just blows my mind so um Gloria has six children. She's two girls, four boys. She did not have custody of one of the, um, the girls. Um, the paternal grandmother did very early on in infancy because what she says is Gloria was always unstable. Um, she didn't elaborate as to that statement, but said she was always unstable. And when she brought the baby home, she was sleeping on the floor at her grandmother's house. And of course that grandmother didn't find those conditions um, up to snuff with how an infant should be living. And I believe the father of that child was in and out of jail. Brian Coulter is not the father of any of her children. And um, he is a Caucasian man. And the reason I bring that up because he has a very public Instagram page and if you have a chance to go on there, um, he has quite a few videos of him walking around, talking, eating, even after he killed this little boy and he's still actively abusing um, at least two of the other boys that are in the apartment. And I just want to play something from one of his um videos that he has. I want you guys just to take a listen because this this ruffled people's feathers for many, many reasons. So here's one of his um, videos from his page. What's up with it, man? I, I did, uh, my little ladies have Valentine's Day on uh, Sam. Cheers to you. Good shit. That was made for me. Down here. Fuck with y'all. So y'all this shit. What? This shit gone now. But that was burnt and cheese and rice. I just fucking killed that hoe. With a margarita. That shit was the bomb. Oh, oops. That shit was the bomb. For real. Okay, so there's lots of videos on his page of him talking like this. He's flashing this jewelry that he's wearing that he claims is, you know, top of the line. He's posting pictures of food he's eating. Um, there was videos of the two of them in the kitchen cooking. 
in the same apartment. They were still living at the apartment at this time. The video I just played was from February 14th, Valentine's Day. So they are still in this apartment with these three boys who are malnourished. And the two of them are just going about as if nothing happened. Um, he openly uses the N-word in a lot of the videos. And that's where I say uh, people's feathers were ruffled because we all know that that is not a word that should be coming out of anybody's mouth, let alone the mouth of a Caucasian male. And what I'll say to that is a lot of white men and women jump into these interracial relationships to camouflage their racism. I'll say that again. A lot of white men and women jump into interracial relationships to camouflage their racism. He was out in the open with his, using racial slurs left and right, had this woman doing pretty much everything for him all while he's killing and beating on her kids. Now, she apparently was married. She met a gentleman in 2017 at a homeless shelter. And his family said that he took Gloria and her kids in. And it was a beautiful bond that they had. And he unfortunately died sometime in 2019. But they said that he was very good to Gloria and then that had to be around the time that she met this guy and her people are reporting that she just got really bad after she met him and if you get a chance to look on his page you can kind of see why he just something about him is very strange um he's racist and you know he he's a child killer for him to have that much anger inside of him to beat to death with his bare hands an autistic child who could not fight for himself is just very telling. Now he's charged with murder and reports are saying as of right now, he's been committed to a psych ward. Don't know why he's been committed, but, you know, perhaps he's going for an insanity defense. Perhaps there is something mentally wrong with him that we don't know about that's been documented by psychiatrists that treated him prior to um, this whole fiasco. Don't know. But that's where he is. Now, Gloria, to add fuel to the fire, Two things. She did a jailhouse interview, which I don't understand why people do this. And she said that she didn't know her son was dead. So it kind of debunks what her three other children said because she's claiming she didn't know he was dead. And she said she checked on her kids every two weeks. And it seems like she thought that that was sufficient. Once she left the apartment, um, leaving her three children that she carried for nine months, actually even her four children that she carried in not, for nine months, she grew them inside of her womb, nourished them, birthed them, and decided to abandon them. She thinks that coming every two weeks is was okay. 
And she also was collecting money from the government. She was getting government assistance for her children. And of course now, because she never reported the death, she now has a fraud charge. She was getting about $2,000 a month in government assistance for the kids. And that's how she was able to afford rent on two apartments. Now, he didn't work at all. So she was supporting him with the money used for her children that was to be used for her children on top of herself. We've seen the mugshots. It doesn't look like either one of them missed a meal. And she has allowed herself to accept the fact that her children are not getting any nourishment, any nurturing, anything. And, um, you know, she disconnected herself from that crime scene. She disconnected herself from that murder. They both did, you know, it was obvious because they fled. And so she's being charged with, on top of everything else she has, fraud. Um, something interesting I just found out. Her daughter, Jasmine Whitaker, has been missing now since September. Now, Jasmine was living with her, but Jasmine left, uh, well, was thrown out after she was complaining to her mother that her boyfriend was just no good. He was beating them, hitting them, yelling, and I'm pretty sure he was doing the same to Gloria, although that hasn't come out yet, but she was thrown out and she went to live with her grandmother and now she's been missing since September of this year. Nobody knows where she is, but they said that uh, on the missing persons report that she is, you know, endangered and she may be in need of medical attention. I don't know if that's because of something she has going on with her or they just feel, you know, she, she needs medical, you know, attention for whatever reason. But so she has all these kids by different men. And she's all over the place, Gloria. And then she meets this guy and things just are unraveling. Before I close this out, um, I want to just say this because a lot of these cases are similar. When the sexual needs of a man and woman become priority and their only priority, this type of stuff happens. When the sexual needs of a man and woman become their only priority, this is what happens to their children. They are spending more time trying to make sure that their sexual needs are being met, that they abandon their children mentally and physically, and they abuse them mentally and physically because the kids are no longer their priority. I've done many podcasts now where this is the case, and this one is no different. She let a man completely take over her spirit to where she couldn't even function as a mother, and she allowed him to hit, kick, punch, verbally assault her kids that she brought into this world all because she wanted to appease this man. And I'm pretty sure now that we know she had some issues, according to her family and friends, I'm pretty sure she had an emotional situation going on where 
she just felt like she couldn't leave. She was in fear. I get that. I understand. But you're still posting on Instagram pictures of food, pictures of you and him hanging out, getting tattoos, getting apartments fully furnished, leaving your kids behind, letting, making them sleep in, the, in a room with a dead body, roaches crawling all over him. That's not acceptable. And so many of these cases where the woman is chasing after a man to, to please them in any way possible, this is usually nine times out of 10, the end result of what happens when the kids are put in a situation they didn't ask to be in. They didn't ask to be in this situation. And now they are traumatized for the rest of their lives. Who knows what kind of life they're going to have. Even with counseling, some people just never recover. We can always hope for the best. But in a lot of these cases, it, it's just, it just doesn't work. They become non-functioning adults, abuse of themselves. So much trauma at such a young age for absolutely nothing. So that's that. Um, give me your feedback on this case, the Toxic Mom Podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Toxic Mom Podcast, and we'll chat soon. Mm-hmm.